This is the Northern Superior Brewing Company Upload Strike Zone Edition, hosted by Connor Henderson and David McCaig Jr. Northern Superior Brewing Company is located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada, where there are many beer options available for purchase or delivery, and where we're superior and it's a northern thing. Make sure to follow Northern Superior Brewing Company on Facebook, tagged at Northern Superior, and on Instagram, tagged at Northern Superior Co., or the website, northernsuperior.org. The Gain Sports Show and Gem are fortunate and grateful to have Northern Superior Brewing Company a part of our sponsorship family and if you haven't already started to put in your order for some delicious beer, you're certainly missing out. So get to it. Now let's chat some baseball. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. This is the Strike Zone Edition, Episode 9, Season 1, presented by the Top Room at Northern Superior. I am the co-host, David McCaig Jr., joined by the main host of Strike Zone, the one and only Connor Henderson. Let's bring him in right now before I get into and get carried away with my usual introductions. Connor, my friend, how are you? Doing great, Dave. I'm glad to be back. Sad. This is the end of the season, the end of the line for the strike zone uh, for this uh, summer. But you know what? I'm happy that we got a a fun season and I'm looking forward to talking about it. Definitely. And we have a lot of big things coming up this upcoming season, season two. I'm already talking about season two. We're going to be on video for our next season. Uh, There was some anticipation that we're going to be on video for this finale. Sorry to break it to everybody. No, as the TGEM platform is still, well, as I would say, in development before its launch. We hope to launch that full platform by the end of this month. Of course, with this being the finale of season one and our platform not being fully launched, we're not going to have video, of course. But either way, season two will have video and you get to see our faces, pretty Connor's face and this ugly mug over here. So now we're going to have Northern Superior. I'm going to bring into this conversation. And as I sit here having a... Northern Superior Brewing Company pint. Houndtown Pale Ale. Mm. Listen, I'm going to say something about Houndtown Pale Ale. Delicious. Blake Winter, the brewmaster at Northern Superior, is the master. Okay. Like I can tell you right now, I bow to my sensei when I walk into there. That's how good that beer is in the tap room. So shout out to Blake Winter and the crew at Northern Superior and the tap room at Northern Superior. Give them a follow on Facebook, Instagram. Check out the website, northernsuperior.org. Go to the tap room. Enjoy watching the game there. Particularly, I would say, watch the baseball game there. Well, right now, baseball is over, and we're going to get into that. But there's hockey games going on. There's basketball. There's football. Just a great atmosphere to be a part of there at the tap room at Northern Superior. Proud sponsor of the game. Sports show, the game entertainment and media, and Strike Zone and Top Shelf. Northern Superior is all over the place. And I mentioned the Game Sports Show. You can search it all over platforms where you get your podcasts. And the Game Entertainment Media is what we are powered by here with the Game Sports Show. And more to come with that in the coming, well, future weeks. Well, either way, lots coming for TGEM. That is going to be exciting. Connor, we have things to get to with baseball. And I'll state the agenda. Then I'm going to pass it over to you. We're going to be talking a little bit of World Series preview. You know, we're a little bit out of that date. It's been well over a week, of course, since the World Series has been decided. But you know what? We didn't get the opportunity to talk about it a little bit, so we are going to briefly go into it, go into some fun facts, one in particular that I really enjoyed that I tagged you, Connor, in on Instagram. Uh, we're going to get into some free agency. We're going to get into some baffling back and forth, some cross table, if you will. Uh, Then we're going to get to some fun stuff near the end to close out the episode within this next 25 minutes to half hour. Because on Strike Zone, we actually follow our times. Where on other shows, we don't. 
And that's a little kudos to myself and Connor because my time management outside of my full-time job is awful and Connor's is on point. And we know who runs the show and that is Connor. So let's go over to him. Take us over, Connor. You're up to bat. Uh, well, Dave, you know what? I don't want to, you know, take too much pride in my time management skills. All right. Like, I feel like every time we, we do a show, you and I, it's like, all right, we're going 20 minutes and it ends up being 45. So, you know what? Um, I, I guess when it comes to this World Series, it's a happy time to be a Braves fan. I don't even think Atlanta Braves fans thought themselves <laughs> would be in this position heading into the, the postseason. I mean, they've seen some dominant teams in their time. Uh, you only have to think back a, a couple decades to that dominant 1990s pitching staff, the John Smoltzes uh, and the Greg Maddoxes. Um, and, you know, they had one World Series through that, that dynasty kind of run. It, comparable to uh, hockey fans out there, think of them more of like a, like a Boston Bruins where they, they get one Stanley Cup and, and a dominant 10 years or so. Um, where, you know, maybe they didn't win multiple times, but teams respected them, teams feared them. And now in 2021, they get another World Series title with a team that only had 88 wins uh, at the end of the season, but had a bullpen that heated up right at the, at the right time, the last six weeks of the season. And four acquisitions from former Toronto Blue Jays general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, who brought in uh, Ad or Adam Duvall, uh, Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, and Doc Peterson, each of which at the deadline uh, brought three postseason home runs uh, apiece and, and helped propel their team, give them the extra oomph to uh, take down the Houston Astros. It's not only a happy day for Atlanta fans, for those of us who are still upset with the Houston Astros for their scandalous ways a few years back. It's a happy day for baseball fans in general. You know what? Honestly, you said it right there. I was excited. Okay. When they were down seven, now then I was like, you know what? Feel it. <laughs> Feel it. You know what? I'm sorry, Astros fans. It's not your fault that your team is a bunch of scumbags sometimes. Sorry. And I'll fly it. I'll say it, you know, and I really, you mentioned it too with Alex Anthopoulos. We, we talked about it in episode eight was, you know, Canadian, you know, the former Blue Jay, you know, they and what he did in Toronto has had a lasting effect still to this day. And I mentioned the Vladimir Guerrero story and that he is fantastic. And to see him win was awesome. Like that, that obviously, you know, COVID's messed a lot with him, you know, attended and all the travel and you can tune into that. I got that reference off Tim and friends. I'll give them a shout out, even though they don't really need the shout out. Uh, but, you know, they you have the Braves that were just a story, the Cinderella story that we were kind of craving, right? We were talking about at the beginning of the playoffs where the Brewers, right? It was like, okay, well, I hope that they, you know, can squeak on in, but obviously that didn't happen. The Atlanta Braves is that team when they were going into the, the playoffs, they were underdogs. They weren't projected to go where they did. Solaire won World Series MVP. You know, you make that trade and that wins that, 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 that trade alone should make you executive of the year because, you know, you win, you, a guy you acquired gets MVP in the world series. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big kudos. And you know what the, the Braves, I remember when they made that Peterson trade and when they made that Solaire deal, I was like, okay, the Braves are meaning business right now. And they were wanting to win. Okay. And I bet you Donaldson's somewhere punching the air right now because he left the Braves to go to Minnesota, which 
Good luck. Have fun in Minnesota. They're still a little bit behind those twins. Uh, so the Braves overall, though, it is amazing to see. And you got a good reference with Boston, much as I dislike the Bruins. Everyone knows that as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. That was a fantastic reference. But you have the Braves that when with them winning and defeating the Astros and you look at the record like, wow, the Jays had a better record. Now, what if they made it? Listen, that 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 does not matter. They didn't make it. Baseball is the hardest playoffs to get into but the easiest trophy to win i think and i don't think people like that they might not like that reference but if you compare hockey okay it's easier to get in sort of right sort of because you got 16 teams that get in at 32 it's 50 percent if you average out baseball it's not 50 percent that gets in there but the hardest trophy to win because if you have to win four series it's, it's almost like basketball but basketball's not as grueling as hockey is sorry basketball fans football you get your head fucking kicked in every week. So that's a whole other conversation, but they have a lot of teams and it's very tough getting into there. It's almost like a baseball system. There were smaller, smaller amount of teams get in less weeks to win. Right. Again, my reference with baseball is that it is hard to get into the playoffs, but easier to win. And if the rise say easier, because if you go into the playoffs hot, you have a chance to win. And that's why. Yes. When people say, well, the Jays could have did it. You know what? You're right. They could have. And if they would have got into the playoffs, Connor, I really think that the Jays would have made a run. That story, it just felt like it. That story, the team, the love of that team, the chemistry, they're all pals. No one's telling Verlander to stay home on that team. Everyone loves each other on that team. And that just felt right. But with the Braves winning, everyone in the baseball world should be happy. That is a Cinderella team of sorts that won that out of the whole playoff picture. An underdog that went in there, won. A lot of storybook finishes there with Freddie Freeman, Alex Anthopoulos, Soler, uh, and, the, and uh, they're the manager. Um, it's kind of with my name right now. Uh, but either way, he, he was with the organizations for 41 years. 41 years. And he was never with uh, the team, like from a physical standpoint, when they won in the 90s. And I think it was... Is it Brian Snit, Snit, uh, Snitker? I can't say his name. I think it's Brian Snit, Snitker. I can't see. I can't say that SN. I have a hard time saying names, but it's fun. Okay. Like that was the, I think he was, if it was him or if it was another coach, either way, somebody was a part of the organization for 41 years and it was him uh, that didn't, um, you know, of course, win. Then you have Juan, uh, Ron Washington, Moneyball. Ron Washington, okay? If anyone knows that, he wins. Like, it, it was such a good story for baseball, Connor. Yeah, it really was. I, I think that there's two things that I want to pick up on that, that you had mentioned. Number one, um, about the Blue Jays having a legitimate chance to compete. Um, we spoke about how the Braves got hot at the right time. Um, one thing about the Toronto Blue Jays was they were on fire at the end of the season, and they cooled off just at the wrong time. Um, at, at the end to, to not be able to get into the playoffs. Um, but like from a macro perspective, if you look at their last two months, they were incredible, incredible baseball team. So if they, if they managed to punch their way into the postseason, there's a good argument to be had that they would have made a, a serious contention um, for the World Series. The second thing, um, and I'm not sure uh, how others would feel about this, um, Baseball is, yeah, one, one of the hardest sports to get into the playoffs for. You can see a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers have over 100 wins and then still not have home field advantage for the first uh, game of the postseason for them or, yeah. you know, not be granted 
uh, home field because they have to, you know, win a wild card game to even even puncture through. It's incredibly hard to get in with that 162 game grind. Yeah. Um, and and I think that there's uh, it's been put forward as as a theory that um, it's also one of the most random uh, uh, post seasons in the four major sports in North America. And the more random a sport is, generally that correlates with easier to win. Um, in sports like basketball, oftentimes the better team wins um, because skill plays more of a factor than luck. Um, baseball, the luck kind of um, takes less prominence over 162 games because the sample size is just massive. But when you compress that down into a postseason, yeah, like people get lucky and there and there's, uh, you know, a wider variance of potential outcomes that you wouldn't see in a basketball. You might not see in the NFL. Um, and, and I think that uh, that supports your, your position that uh, baseball is a very hard sport to get into the postseason for, but maybe not the hardest to, to win a World Series in. No, and that's where, you know, it's exciting still to watch. And it, it was great to see a team like the Braves won. It's not like they haven't won before. They they won when they were actually called, Bo- they were in Boston in the early 1900s. People may not know that. Uh, they were also in Milwaukee before the 70s. I think it was before the 60s, maybe, or just right at the 60s. And see, people, as people know, we don't follow a script on the show for that. So I'm giving you this from the top of my head. So yeah, I'm bragging about knowing dates, uh, but you have the Braves that also won in uh, 90, 96, I believe is when they uh, won the last time, but either way, the, in the midway in the nineties, they had a good team. And you mentioned the thousands, they were really good. Right. And they had some good runs. How many, they won a lot of division titles. This was a fan base that, you know, should have more success uh, than what they, really had and they didn't get it because teams were winning the Yankees were winning the Red Sox started to win the Cardinals were good people probably don't remember that but the Cardinals were real good and the list goes on and another thing to make people feel really good and I'm going to use this post is from baseball dugout on uh, Instagram and this is what I tagged Connor in Uh, this is a a fact and everyone's I'm not saying it's a conspiracy theory or anything like that but coincidences like this are enjoyable to talk about Uh, In the year that Hank Aaron passed, the Braves won 44 games before the All-Star break. 44 games after the All-Star break and won the World Series on the 44th week of the year. If that doesn't send chills down your spine just a little bit, I don't know what you are as a sports individual, but that is Hank Aaron, okay? And the fun fact, he passed away January the 22nd, 2021. 1 plus 22 plus 21 is 44. So, you know, you have coincidences like that that make this story even more just more emotional for your fan to see. And I'm happy that the Braves won because they're a team that hasn't won in a while, the World Series, and there's a lot of storylines. The Hank Aaron coincidences, the Snipker, there's Ron Washington, there's Freddie Freeman, and ultimately Alex Anthopoulos. If it... It was great to see it. I actually, if the Astros were going to win that game or if they were going to win the World Series, I would have turned off the game. I wouldn't have watched the celebration. I wouldn't have watched it because I wouldn't have given a shit. But seeing that Braves winning, that's why it's just great to see. All right. And, you know, everyone knows as a Jays fan, I don't think we're too far behind. I think, honestly, people ask me every day, are are we going to see a Leafs Copper Jays World Series first? I hate to say it, but 
I think people know what I'm going to say and I'm not going to say it. Okay. Like that's, let's really think about that for a second. I'm not, I don't want to say it because everyone knows what that answer is. And my example is not because of the playoff formats because of where the organization is and the Braves really good team storylines. Let's keep these storylines going next year. Let's see the Jays win. I'd love it. Let's, let's keep these organizations that were freaking bottom bottom organizations for the longest time rebuilding starting to come up the Braves though were never a bottom organization really they had struggling years but they're always successful but just couldn't get that win and they finally did so I love that Connor I'll let you uh final thoughts obviously you're the you're the host I'll let you do that if you want to proceed on to the next topic yeah I've got nothing more to add there I think just looking forward um from a macro perspective um you know Jose Altuve Love him, hate him. He dominates in the postseason. Um, he was going for his second ring. Uh, he didn't get it. And now we sit in a position where, with one championship that has, uh, you know, sort of an asterisk on it. I, I, I guess we can, we can call it an asterisk full on, I guess. Yes. Um, how do you think, Dave, like history will look back at him when, um, you know, he's contesting for like some of the most postseason home runs in MLB history. Like if you look, if you ratio out the numbers, like he's the best power hitting post run baseball player, uh, postseason baseball player, um, definitely second baseman. Um, uh, and, you know, I just, I was really curious to see uh, what you think. Um, we'll look back at him uh, as following this world series loss. So I'll say, and I, I actually noted this down, seven-time All-Star, All-MLV, second team in 19, World Series champ, AL MVP, LCS MVP, Gold Glove winner, five-time Silver Slugger, uh, Hank Aaron Award, speaking of Hank Aaron, uh, three-time AL batting champion, two-time stolen base leader. A lot of these accolades came in 14, 15, 16, 17, some of it in 19. So there was some gap between 19 and 21 where he had to take a break from winning some awards. And then, uh, of course, you know, win the World Series in 2017. You know, there's a lot of uh, question marks around that. And, you know, it's not as bad as a Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire type issue where, you know, Barry Bonds led in home runs and now it's not Barry Bonds. It's the San Francisco Giants. That's what they call it, that home run leading, I believe, right? I, from what I remember recalling, I, I think they still might have Barry Bonds down, but I think that has an asterisk beside it. I think if you play MLB The Show and they go to the records, they don't name Barry Bonds. A lot of things don't name Barry Bonds. They put San Francisco Giants. They don't put Barry Bonds. So it's recognized that Bonds didn't get that, uh, didn't achieve that. I watched that game, okay? Like I had it on television that game. It was a night game. And Bonds, when he hit that homer, hands up in the air, you know, you break a record like that. It was iconic. But guess what? It wasn't, wasn't earned. It wasn't earned. I, and listen, it's not his fault, though. It's not. We've talked about this on the show. It's not his fault. He had, it wasn't policed, man. It wasn't foreign to do that. That's why when people figured it out, well, it was cheating. It was known cheating, but it wasn't like as serious as it is now is what I mean. So it's not really even his fault. Just a lack of representation and under understanding about what he was going to do. And that going back to Altuve though, he has records is what I'm telling you about that on here that aren't, the guys as big as those accolades, but he has good accolades on there as career highlights and awards. This guy is a hall of famer and everyone knows I'm not a big 
Astros. And you got guys like Pete Rose who can't buy to get into the freaking Hall of Fame, who arguably, let's be real, despite anything, should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry if anyone disagrees. But I think by the time, you know, this is somebody that retires, he's a Hall of Famer. And the way with this World Series is going to break down, you know, I he has won before. And that's where, you know, I think a lot of the stuff that's coming up now that they're realizing in baseball is they're realizing that it's more of a team essence more than individual, but those individual accolades are always good for getting yourself that next step of awards or hall of fame. And I will say, despite all this that's going on, I think he's still going to get into the hall of fame unless some other scandal comes out before he retires, which <laughs> odds are might happen. And we'll probably talk about it on the show. Uh, but I really think this world series is not going to define his career in a negative way. I feel like, you know, he's done everything he can this postseason. I feel like it wasn't atrocious, uh, but he's had more success than failure. And I think that's going to outweigh it. That's my honest opinion. Yeah. I think one of the strongest arguments that can be made is if you look at his numbers post scandal, like if they're still good, then, um, you know, there's a lot more credence to, uh, letting him into the hall of fame, assuming that he keeps this up for the rest of his career yeah. and he doesn't just fall off a cliff. <laughs> um, one of the things with, with Barry Bonds, which was kind of, you know, comical. And if you, you ever have five minutes in your spare time, go on, uh, uh, you know, fan graphs or, or check out baseball reference and look at his numbers where Barry Bonds, he, he had numbers that like modern day batters could match hypothetically like a pool holse or Cabrera. And, and then when you get to the part of the age curve where you would expect the player to start falling off, you know, they hit 31, 32. Okay. Maybe their numbers start to dip His just keep going (laughs) and they don't stop. And like his best seasons are, he's hitting like 70 bombs as like, it's like a 33, 34 year old. Like it's, you know, and he's, he's hitting more home runs and he has more intentional walks than he has strikeouts. And it's just, you know, it's, it's mind blowing. And, and that's right there. What steroids will do. Like maybe they don't, they don't bring you, you know, the, Steroids won't turn you into Barry Bonds, but they can keep you as Barry Bonds for far longer than you should be allowed to. And that's, that's the biggest, um, I think, difference between a guy like Barry Bonds and a guy like Jose Altuve. The guy freaking gained weight like a fucking monster all of a sudden. He leaves Pittsburgh and the guy turned into a truck. You know, like, yeah, the big, and that, you know what? That's what it was, you know, and I don't. I, I feel bad for them. It's just a slight bit because I feel like, except A-Rod, I feel like A-Rod just wanted to cheat. I think someone like Sammy, so these guys have so much pressure on them and they're trying to do, there's more to it than people, oh, he's an asshole for cheating. There's actually more to it than that that people don't realize. Providing for your family. They want that reputation. They have a reputation to uphold. and Maybe they are not able to keep it. So what can I do to keep it? What did Barry Bonds do? You mentioned it right there. He wanted to stay as Barry Bonds. That's it. But Altuve, despite the World Series that Asterix through and through, that he's a big part of. Okay, and if everyone saw me on video when he says no about the microphone, that he had a microphone on him or whatever the heck he had or earpiece, whatever the hell he had. David, on it was because he had a tattoo that was new and he didn't want to. He didn't want to ruin his tattoo. Oh yeah, that's that's it for sure. That's it, Altuve. That's it. But you know what? That's my answer with Altuve, man. I really feel. 
that he's a good ball player still. And, you know, it just sucks that when you have that happen to you, but I don't feel bad for him where I kind of feel bad for some of the guys that did do the steroids because I just feel like they weren't educated enough to say no. Yeah. It's a different culture now. And and we definitely have like a a lower tolerance for shenanigans than we did in the nineties or, you know, we, we think back to like other scandals, the black Sox scandal in like the twenties or the 1918, I believe, or some somewhere like in the yeah. 1910s or 20s. Um, yeah, like we, they, they basically had to intentionally throw the series um, for for gambling um, for us to blacklist them, right? And and now it's it's to the point where, you know, they're they're stealing signs and relaying it, which you didn't have the technology or probably the smarts to even think of doing back then. But um, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> we as a culture have shifted. Sure. And, and yeah, that's, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's, it's a reality that, that they have to deal with that. If you, if you would have pulled a stunt like this in the seventies, you know, this isn't steroids. Like, let's be real. So yeah. maybe I should do some men's men's baseball. Just kidding. Just kidding. I don't need those. See our numbers. I don't freaking need those steroids. Three thirty. led the league. Oh, wait, what you led the team in batting average this last, year? Last year, this year I was bought. I was third inch led the team this year. He had a monster year. Our friend um, Nathan inch. He, he didn't only hit for average. That guy mashed the baseball. Four twenty-five average. I think we have to ask the question though, when we look at Nathan inches age curve and we compare it to Barry Bonds, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say it, Dave, but He's on roids. he might be on roids. He might be on roids. I know his hair is gorgeous all the time though. Beautiful. And in the words of Nathan inch <laughs> orbits. That's all I'll say. And I think we're going to chuckle. That's a local shout out there for everybody. We got some free agency to dive into very quickly. And then we got, I got a little game and a play with you before we go. I'll let you spearhead some of the free agency stuff and a little dash about the MVP voting as well. I think there's two things that we want to talk about, especially as a show that focuses mostly on the upper peninsula of Michigan, the Tigers and uh, Canada with the Jays. Uh, number one, Semyon. I mean, that guy's going to get his payday, right? So it it is. This season, <laughs> good for him. Go get yep. your money. Um, Robbie Ray. It is an example of a flyer player who paid off and you get what you pay for. So um, the reality is the, the Jays took an, uh, a couple high upside guys, signed them to one year deals and they cashed out. So if we were, you know, starting the rebuild, you flip them at the deadline, but we wanted to compete. So you hold on to them. It's the name of the game it sucks that they're probably going to walk, but you got to live with it. The, the one thing I'll say is that, like, honestly, they, there was some rumors that, you know what, the Jays should pay five years, 29 mil to Simeon and five years, 24 to Robbie. I wouldn't. I'm sorry. I wouldn't give Simeon 29 million bucks. I wouldn't give him. I wouldn't give Robbie 24. I've said this on the show before. Robbie was great this year. I'm a Robbie fan. I think his pants are real tight. Love that. Uh, you know, no, I not. I don't love that. I mean, I just love that look because I would do the same. I would wear those. When you're athletic, it's good to wear tight pants. No one knows that. I like tight pants. Connor plays ball with me. I like my pants being tight. That's what I mean. So everyone doesn't get confused. But my point is, Semyon came here with the Jays as a second chance, quote unquote, because no one was believing him. He got 18.9 million this year and the Jays gave him a chance and he flourished at second base. The Jays have Kevin Biggio sitting on the bench. People forget that. Gavin Biggio is not Marcus Semyon. Will he be Marcus Semyon? Maybe not. 
Okay, but there's a guy that maybe you flip. People like Jose Ramirez. I like that rumor. I like that Jose Ramirez rumor. I think it's realistic, but I don't think they need to pay that to Semyon. If they want to keep Semyon, I hope it's $22 million and under. You go to him and say, hey, do you want to win? Or do you want to, but baseball, it's different, right? It's not like hockey where you have a salary cap era. It's more luxury tax, it's that and Guerrero, Bichette, and these guys have control for a, for a lot of years. So you don't really have to worry about that affecting payroll. But I don't want to just overpay a guy because of this year. As big as Semyon was, I'm hoping that they can keep him, but to spend $30 million doesn't make sense. I think they should look at exploring a trade for Ramirez if it doesn't hinder them too much. Or look at other options in free agency uh, that could be more of use uh, in the infield, okay? Like there's like Chris Taylor available as one guy I looked at who might be a little bit open that allows that depth to grow in the bad order. It gives Biggio more time to play. And, and San Diego Espinal, there's a guy who was hot this year, right? There's that, that, if you're looking for agency for infield, there's options that are available. Not Carlos Correa. Not, he's way, he'll be way too expensive. So there's other ways to look at it. If you're looking at trade options, it's Jose Ramirez. For pitching, Robbie Ray, I would give the guy, it'd have to be, people may disagree, but I know he's not going to take 18.9. I would offer him 20 million for the next four years, take it or leave it. And if he says no and goes on to get paid, so be it. I like some pitchers that are available at the de- or at the, for free agency this year. I like Justin Verlander, someone who's coming back as a free agent. Maybe you get a veteran that would be great in that rotation. They got Burrios, you got... Alec Manoa, you got Henjin Ryu, you got Pearson coming up, who might be more of a bullpen guy, but you still have some veteran presence there that I think if Verlander was a fourth pit, fourth or fifth pitcher on that team, it'd be great for that organization. I don't think he would go to Toronto, but that's my example is maybe you look at him. Do you look at Strowman? No, I'd, I'd stay the hell away from Strowman unless he's coming on a deal, uh, whatever. Kevin Gosman from the San Francisco Giants. I think he's going to resign in San Fran, but there's, there are free agents available. Noah Sindergaard's available. Everyone knows I'm a big Noah fan, but again, that guy gonna get paid. So there are options to free that I feel would be more affordable. Uh, obviously, the big news so far, apparently the Mets are uh, really trying to get Chris Bryant. Seem like they're really trying to repair that disaster from last year. Uh, but if I have guys to say I'm not paying Semyon or Ray, I'm not overpaying them, and I'm looking at other options when it comes to the infield through free agency or trade, and when it comes to pitching, don't hesitate to explore uh, some of the veteran routes or look at some guys uh, that could be uh, available for via trade as well. I think if people are asking me about Carlos Correa, uh, something tells me that he's going to end up on the fucking Yankees. Something just tells me, I don't know if it's like a, a, a feel, if it's not the Yankees, it'll be the Los Angeles angels. That's where my honest guess is. Uh, I really think they're going to spend a little bit of money. The angels, they always do. They have the team to do so. There's my predictions for those guys. Uh, I know there's been rumors about the Jays being involved in Chris Bryant too at the deadline before, but again, there's going to be a guy asking too much money. That's what I don't want the Jays to do. That's why I mentioned all these things. I don't want them to spend stupid money. I want them to get guys that make sense. Don't uh, Semyon was a big part of the core, but don't be crazy. Look at guys to fill in or make a trade for Jose Ramirez would make sense. And big caution tape around Robbie Ray, not because those tight pants, because I feel like he might not be as great as he was next year as he was this year, Connor. Dave, if you could get Robbie Ray for four years at $20 million a year, uh, we would, I think you would, you'd sign on the dotted line in two seconds. If you're the Toronto blue Jays, like, at this point, 
you know, you showed that you can contend this year. Hopefully your guys take a, a next step. You'll have a full season, hopefully, of Alec Manoa to help bolster that rotation. I, I think that would be a great idea. Um, I'd put the over, though. It, I think I'd bet the over on $20 million for Robbie Ray's next contract uh, per year. You know, it depends how long he signs for. If he gets, like, a seven-year deal, maybe you get him at, like, 18 mil or something, but I don't think anybody's going to be dishing them out that. Um, and I don't think you have to worry about the New York Yankees signing Carlos Correa because the Detroit Tigers will be signing Carlos Correa. I'll make sure of that. Okay. <laughs> Please do. Like, I know John Heyman, who's a guy on, uh, obviously in the baseball world, well known. He mentioned for the, for the shortstop market, for the shortstop market, he mentioned the Philadelphia Phillies, the Tigers, the Rangers, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Angels, Minnesota, Houston, Chicago, St. Louis, Colorado, Seattle, and Boston being the teams that are in play for a shortstop or a potential second baseman. And it's interesting that you mentioned the Tigers because they might spend some money there. The Phillies are going to spend some money there. There's a lot of options that are available, but the Jays, ironically, are not on that list of teams that are looking for that big splash. And the Jays, I think Shapiro's smart. He knows Cleveland. I think Jose Ramirez is something we're going to see. And I think we're going to see a splash on the pitching end in free agency. And I think you're going to see some bullpen assistance come in. One or two arms are going to be to round out that bullpen. And then that's all you're going to see because the Jays have control on Barrios. They have Biggio there that can play second that they're hoping can just come into form. And honestly, with a couple moves, via trade and free agency by not being too stupid with spending money. It won't hinder them in the future and it will just make sense. I think Jose Ramirez would be a great fit on this team. Move him to third and have Espinal at second. Oh baby. Like that infield is better than it was last year. No offense to Samian, even though he had an MVP caliber year, he put Ramirez playing half his games at the Rogers center all in the front of a, a crowd like Canada. I'll tell you right now, the guy's going to put up Marcus Samian numbers. Pitching, you just got to be, I think they do need to add a starter. So if I'm the Jays, if I'm on their agenda, it's adding an infielder, it's adding a starter, and it's adding two infielders. When it comes to the infielder, or sorry, uh, two bullpen guys. When it comes to the infielder, I got one guy in mind, it's Jose Ramirez. If not, I'm looking at Chris Taylor. If I'm a pitcher, I'm looking at Justin Verlander or a nice fourth, fifth depth pitcher. If I'm looking at bullpen guy, I don't know. There's a lot of arms available for a bullpen. Sign two guys. Four moves this year. That's my call for the Jays. Tigers, make a splash on the infield, okay? Make a fucking splash. I would love to see Carlos Correa go to the Tigers. That would make a lot of sense. Not the Rangers, not the Yankees, not the Cardinals. Please go to somewhere different. I want to talk about something different. Tigers, Jays. Heck, I I even want to talk about Colorado. Okay, I want the Rockies to get some guys. I love Colorado. It's a beautiful place. Never been, but it's a beautiful place, and it's also a fan base that's really passionate, right? Uh, so that's all really I got for free agency. I know you might have some news you want to dive into there as well as MVP. Maybe if you want to give your uh, vote for MVP, I'm going to stay out of the MVP voting for the AL for bias reasons uh, and Cy Young reasons as well. I'm going to stay out of it because of I can stay unbiased, but my picks are biased and sort of I do think Vlad and Robbie Ray are going to be MVP and AL sort of respectively. Sorry, show high. Shohei Otani is the man, the myth, the legend. He pitches, he hits. But something about this year, it just made sense for Vlad. But let's be real. Shohei is probably going to win it. But nonetheless, I don't want to say that. I'm going to let you talk about the, the awards and your little talk about free agency. Then we'll get to our final 
bonus game before we wrap up. And you're the host, so I shouldn't be saying that. That should be you. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, Dave. I, I think we all know that uh, you don't want to enter into this discussion over MVP, not because of fear of bias, but because uh, debate god Connor Henderson taking <laughs> the side of Shohei Otani is just such a terrifying feat to battle against. I, you know what? It's because I don't disagree with that or else I would love to debate about it. I, I'm just trying to get that positive energy to Vlad, but show high man pitching and hitting. Oh yeah. I'll tell you what, it's not fair, but um, I think this is going to be, and I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think this is going to be the only year we see this sort of thing happen in the next five to 10 years. And if, if I'm wrong, let's play back this clip and we can, we can dunk on, on me in the future. But the reality is, I think voting for these awards usually, usually in sports is determined by one thing and that's uh, uniqueness. Um, you know, everybody's flooding to, to give Russell Westbrook the MVP when he does the triple double average season, right? He had a great year, fantastic year. Um, he does it again and nobody cares, right? That's, that's how this thing works. It's, it's the song and dance. MVP doesn't go out to the best player in the league it doesn't go out to the best performance of the league. Um, it goes out to, uh, you know, the player who nobody really expected to be good that year, but shines. Uh, unless um, we're living in a world where Mike Trout hasn't been the best player in the MLB for the last 15 years or, or 10 or 15 years. Um, I, I think this may, how many MVPs does he have? Three or four? Three? I think it's three. I, I believe it's three as well. I believe it's three. Uh, I believe it's three, but I'll, I'll statistic, man. I'll be the statistic. So MVP three time, three time, 2014, 2016, 2019. All right. So I read this piece once. It was a brilliant article. Don't remember who wrote it. So I feel bad. Um, But there was an argument to be had that Mike Trout is more dominant at baseball than like LeBron James is at basketball because the gap between Mike Trout and the next best player over a 10 year span is so much wider than the gap between like a LeBron James and a Kevin Durant over a 10 game or a 10 year span. And uh, it's that sort of thing where these sorts of awards don't really fire me up too much because I just end up, you know, if if I get invested, they just piss me off because they, you know, people start talking about value, like, Oh, but like, this guy's team actually sucked. So he was the MVP or like, Hey, this guy should get it because his team did make the playoff. And it's like, man, like, I don't, can we lay out some criteria on what the hell this, this award means? Is it best player that season? Or is it best player on a shitty team? Or is it best player that we didn't expect to be good? Like I need some criteria for this stuff. Okay. That's why I like the, uh, the player, when the players vote for awards and I believe they have this in the NHL, it's usually a better representation of what, um, the guys in the league respect and who they respect. And, and I think that that speaks more than uh, columnists who are often looking for a better story than they are for a better player. MVP is the best all around player of that year, all around defensive batting, most valuable to his team and team's success, win or lose. That's my view on it. I'll stick with that. And that's the mother, father, uh, have fun for your son type uh, or daughter type way. Okay. Uh, I'll go to um, your predictions. Who you think is going to win the AL MVP and the NL MVP? You said show high for AL. I I think you already know that answer. Uh, But so the NL MVP. Do we have the nominees? 
Have they officially announced who's nominated? And all MVP uh, candidates, I believe, have been, uh, was announced. Yes, Juan Soto, Harper, and Fernando Tatis. Okay, so I think at the beginning of the season, I want to say that this happened. Did, did I not go with Soto and you went with Tatis? Is I went with how- Tatis. I went Fernando Tatis. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> okay, I, I feel like I said Soto and you said Tatis. I, I could be wrong. Um but I think I'll just stick with my guy. You should stick with yours. I, I think that would be fun uh, to do. But yeah, no, I'm going to go Soto then. See, and there's a lot of, like, I'm, I thought they were picked almost from what I've, uh, what I was looking at. I don't think they've been picked. And from what I understand, <laughs> from what I understand anyways, that nothing's been picked from my notifications uh, about who's been picked. Uh, so no, the finalists for AL. Okay. I'm just, I'm getting different fees from everywhere. My God, I'm sweating over here, but overall good races this year. That's what I like to see. Okay. Good races this year. Who knows? Maybe when we get off the show or maybe when the show's uploaded, there will be an announcement, but either way, show Otani and the route of Fernando Tati seems the way to go. I just love saying his name. Uh, it seems that way. AL Cy Young, I said Robbie Ray, NL Cy Young. I'm definitely going with off the radar with Colbin Burns with the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm a fan of that. AL uh, Rookie of the Year, I'll quickly say that I think it's going to be um, it's going to be Randy Arizarena from the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Ron DeFranco got hurt, so I don't think that's I think that's going to hurt him a little bit. The NL Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go uh, with the route of Trevor Rogers and the Miami Marlins. Give them a little bit of accolades. AL Manager of the Year, I am going to go with. Unfortunately, uh, I was going to say Dusty Baker, but Kevin Cash. I'm a big fan of Kevin Cash and the Rays. NL Manager of the Year, I'm going to go uh, with Greg Consul of the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. That uh, those are my roundouts of picks. Uh, I let Connor go into talk about who he thinks MVP. Those are just my out rounds about each award. Now I got a question for you, Connor, before we, I get you to kind of wrap up you and I. I'm going to play a game with you that we played on the ESPN 1400 edition. Scott Nace and I, that you can check out was on Monday, November the 8th was the upload. You can see it on our, uh, on our website, the show.com. You can see it on where you get your podcasts. I also listen to it on live radio on ESPN 1400 radio on Mondays, 6 to 8 PM. And we play something called the one word game where we, I'm going to tell you a scenario or mention a team to you uh, in this circumstance uh, that we had with Scott, he mentioned a hockey team and name one word that was uh, describes the start of their season so far. Now, for myself, I'm going to give you the scenario and you name it within one word. You can't say more than one word. Okay. And we're going to have it baseball related. So it's only going to be just under a handful of questions and we're going to wrap it up. We did go a little bit extra than we figured. So that's fine. We'll try to keep it within time limits because I know people try to plan their night around us. Blue Jays. Off-season expectations. One word. Hey. Oh, okay. Okay. Like that. Carlos Correa. Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, Justin Verlander. Health. Okay. I like that. You're good. You're not bad. You're good. You're good. AL MVP. Vlad. <laughs> um, Los Angeles Angels off-season expectations. Underwhelming. Ah, okay. 
Okay. New York Yankees off season grade pretending it's April right now. What are we going to be saying about the Yankees? Why? <laughs> okay. I went a little above five. So the last thing uh, that we'll mention here is Toronto Blue Jays fan base. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. That's all that. That's the one word game. We'll go back and forth. When we open up season two, we'll be a bit better with particular questions. Obviously it's much better when you're in season, but it's good to see you say a couple words better than when I said laughing about the Detroit Red Wings on Monday, people are asking what that was. I'll tell you what that was right now. Listeners. If you did tune into that, it was me laughing about the Red Wings because of Tyler Bertuzzi being an anti-vaxxer. Sorry. There it is. There it is. You want to know my reason? There it is. Because of the jokes he's been saying about it, saying I've been a snipe on these American goalies all year. Get a get a grip, pal. Get a grip. Not because you're an anti-vaxxer. That's your choice. I'm talking about you just chirping about it. Open air. But you know who's the biggest beauty right now? Aaron Rodgers. Guy is such an idiot. I have no words to say right now. No words to say. That will be talked about in the pocket, which is tomorrow with myself, EJ, Justin, Tyler. Uh, maybe Jim Antonello will make a fucking appearance. And I swore because he hasn't been here all year for it. And we're on episode 10. So nonetheless, Connor, I'm going to get you to wrap it up. And then I'll do the final closing. Yeah, absolutely. It was a fun season. I'm really happy that we got to do this again. And I'm really, really looking excited uh, to next season when will be not only expanding to video with the game, uh, I'll also be hopefully upgrading my microphone quality so uh, that I can sound hopefully just just a smidgen closer to as crystal clear as as Dave uh, as I try to get an upgrade on my end. But it was a great season. Uh, I love doing this. It's It always makes me smile. And I'm happy that I get to do it with you, Dave. That smile is all I want to see each time. Don't tell my fiance that. Now, I'm going to get to the closer. This the Strike Zone edition. This has been episode nine, season one, the finale. I will remind listeners that, yes, breaking news comes out. You will see Connor and I come up and do a little bonus upload, uh, but it won't classify as a season. It'll just be a bonus upload if we talk about big signings. Uh, but if we are able to, we will be back when it comes towards the spring training side of things with baseball season two, as Connor mentioned on video uh, and with more of a thorough type schedule at that point, as now COVID's moving over, Connor will be home. There'll be a lot of things going on. Even if he's not home, he's away. It doesn't matter. We'll be doing video so we can connect. It's definitely been a great season. We appreciate everyone that has been tuning in, but even though strike zone, is coming to a close as always shows with the game sports show. We have our special edition uploads has actually taken a pause until we go to video. As I mentioned, uh, until we go to video and our, our first video upload of the game sports show special edition is Theo flurry. Very excited about that. It's the worst kept secret. Now everybody knows about it. I've been getting messages about it. Love it. We have our top shelf edition that we'll have recording this week. We have in the pocket. We have, and one coming back in the coming week or so with myself, Scott. We have soccer shows that Scott and Daniel Scarpino do. We have national edition shows with Butch Davis. We have our ESPN 1400 edition shows on Mondays. We have shows everywhere. You have a lot of opportunity to tune in and I can't wait till it is on YouTube because you get to finally see uh, the faces of who provides you this content. Has been providing this content for over five years now. Unbelievable. Make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the platforms. Connor, you're the man, you're the myth, the legend, you're the rookie of the year. Only certain people understand that reference. And I did call you Penn Badgley today. So you know what? It's been a good finale, and nobody probably understands why I called you Penn Badgley either, but I don't give a shit. Connor, thank you, my friend. It's been fun. Absolutely, Dave. Now getting to the closing. 
This is the final time saying this for season one of Strike Zone. Until season two comes around, listeners, or any bonus uploads that might happen because maybe someone will make some signings. Here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, turn your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.